Get ready to quit the build. The QTB crew is rounding up all the gaming news and hot topics of the week with a little extra something. And here are your hosts, Bruno, Brad, and Nick. What it do? You are listening to the QTB podcast. I'm your host, Bruno, and with me are the Brothers McMuffins. It's Nick, you know a Mr. Kirby Balls, and Brad, Devil's Bradvocate in the house. What it do, boys? Oh, Welcome. God. TikTok debut. Look. This is exciting stuff. We we had been we'd been saving this, and this is a big deal because we have uh, this is our very first time live recording our podcast on TikTok. I am super pumped about this, guys. We have had um, you know we've got a, we got a lot of faithful supporters here on yeah. uh, on TikTok, and so we've been saying, you know what, we need to we we need to take the take the podcast and bring it to the people. You got to give the people what they want. If there's one thing I learned from That's, funk music, you've got to yep. give the people what they want, okay? I learned that and through people customer want- service, too. The people was always right. <laughs> That's <laughs> what they say. I mean, it's 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 tough out there these days. I, I feel for it people, is. especially around the holidays. But uh, yeah, Brad, I mean, it's exciting stuff, right? We got a lot of news to get into, but uh, it's always good to have uh, our viewers in the conversation, right? And for, I guess, for our viewers to kind of see uh, Bruno and myself a bit more, I mean, I know they've heard us on on stream with you playing playing games, but uh, names to faces, names to avatars, now you, you see the full picture. So we're here. Yep. This is our weekly Bruh. live podcast. We're excited to bring you the gaming news. And I think we've got a cu- couple good stories to to hit TikTok with on our first live episode. So on TikTok, why don't you, why don't you give them a little preview, Nick? Tom, what's Absolutely. Up? Yeah. Thanks, Brad. Uh, today we're going to be talking about um, there has been a lot of news going around. For those of you who don't know, quit the bill. We, we, we Our origins are deeply rooted in Halo. Um, so we love chatting about it. So uh, there is a, a big story coming out about just the, the back and forth that's been happening over the last week or so about uh, information, misinformation and conflicting reports on the, the state of, of Halo and 343 and its direction. And also we're going to be chatting about Forspoken, that PS5 and PC exclusive um, from Square Enix that has uh, had some a very lackluster uh, showing and uh, kind of the, the, the story behind that. And of course, the, 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 the cringe, is cringe the right word, around the protagonist oh. and uh, oh, some yeah. of the dialogue. It's, oh, uh, for sure. We'll, we'll, we'll get there. But uh, first, what we always like to do here on the podcast is take a look at uh, you know what we've been playing because I think that's the most important thing at the end of the day. Or what are the yeah. video games that you've been playing, guys? I'm gonna go ahead and just come out of the gate swinging here because because I those of you that have been following me over the last couple of weeks may know that I've been kind of kickstarting a uh, a retro gaming collection. Something I've, been, yeah. oh, I've always wanted to do. I, I I always I never grew up with Sega consoles, and so I decided you know what? Yeah, I had the Game <laughs> Gear, which was a weird thing to have if you're gonna have oh. a, a Sega console. Um, gotta love it. But yeah, love and I. It. So I went from the Game Gear to the Dreamcast, and that was it, because that was it for Sega. Oh. Um, so I said, you know what? Oh, and let me tell you, booting that up for the first time on my uh, on my, uh, my, my my 4K TV, not that it upscales that much, um, was very <laughs> satisfying. But yeah, I got a, a Dreamcast, a Saturn, a Genesis, Nick, and uh, yeah. Did you need to get like some conversion cables? Does your TV still have the hook, the right hookups to do it? Like so. Big shout out to Hyperkin because they uh, create specialty cables that go directly from your uh, your retro consoles. They require a power source, but then it goes straight to HDMI. And the, the the input latency is surprisingly low, which was always how I understood it. Um, so it, it's very much an exciting thing to be able to just plug and play and uh, experience these classics. So as far as what I've been playing, gentlemen, it's time to crank the difficulty up to Blockbuster because I have... It's show and tell here on the podcast. The Lion oh. King for the Sega Genesis. Okay, Woo-hoo. now for the the uninitiated, the Lion King was initially a uh, it was a blockbuster exclusive. You had Woo. you could only rent it, and because of that, they wanted to make the game as difficult as possible so that no one could beat it, and they'd want to rent it again. Um, and sure enough, uh, both my wife and myself, we both love this game, um, and we sat down and we're just like, no, I I, I don't know if this is going to get beat. So what do you think, guys? Over under on me? Uh, Beating this game, what do you think, Bruno? Rage quit. <laughs> <laughs> Rage quit for sure. Yeah, I, I'm thinking that's you're right. I remember renting these games back in the day, and you'd get them for for the weekend, and there was no way you were beating any of these over the weekend. 
it was essentially like an arcade game transferred into a cartridge console for uh, Blockbuster or Video Den or Video Warehouse, whichever you preferred. I mean, what was what was your go to, uh, Brad? Planet Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no blockbuster all the way was it? Okay. We, had, we had a block there were three i knew i could i had a, a triangle of three that i knew if one was out i had my go-to then my backup and then my backups backup and i knew if i <laughs> had at go. least one i could get to then i knew i could get what i was looking for when the new games came out because i only had like three or four copies so you had to be yeah. on it in order to get it oh yeah so yeah. so yeah, that was that was us too. Except it was Video Den, Video Warehouse, and Blockbuster. Those were the three. So it was those trifecta, and then I don't think we had any more. Was there any other ones, Nick? When we were when we were growing up, over. <laughs> so what the was one your that go to? The one that I remember was at Old Courthouse Square. It was called Video Invasion. It was oh, like a, yeah. it was a mom and pop place, um, and that because that was the closest Video space spot to I. Uh, to I, to it's closest spot to where I live. The closest spot to I. Um, <laughs> the the um the, they had like a weekend special where you could rent an NES game over the weekend, check it out on Friday, and bring it back on Monday for a dollar. Oh. And my dad loved that, so what? um that was mostly what I did was uh, just uh, check out the same like you know three NES games over and over again that I still couldn't beat. <laughs> I mean, I rented Goldeneye so much that my parents were like, you know what, we're just gonna we're just gonna buy it for you. We're just yeah. <laughs> we've sunk enough money. About, can we talk about that business model for a second? Like, think about that. What rental video game rentals back then were like four or five bucks for like what a weekend yeah and then the late the late fees were obscenely high oh yeah right Mm -hmm. so think about that like if you were late a week i mean you could almost just buy the game at that point like yeah it's no wonder like 30 dollars in the 90s right like i mean think about the money they were bringing in just off of when they added video games to the mix right like right no one was running movies anymore i mean you could always find whatever movie you wanted, but you go to the video game section and it was always dry. Like you could, it was like the one game, the only thing they had in stock was the one game you didn't want. It was like, I don't want to rent Yoshi's story. Come on. Like I'm looking for GoldenEye, right? Although like, I will <laughs> say you can beat Yoshi's story. I mean, you can beat it in a day. Like you could beat yeah. it in a sitting. So oh, yeah, it, it, was, it yeah. was, yeah, it was the perfect like rental game. Uh, you know, <laughs> to yeah. pick up. So that's probably why it was on the shelf. <laughs> everyone already beat it <laughs> exactly uh what about you brad what uh what's your gaming uh regimen been looking like this week so you know uh we all are us your Q- qtb are, are dads now and uh, nick you know you've got a toddler as well and my son is very much into cars so again i said why don't we go check out the game pass see what's going on cars 3 driven to win is on the game pass and let me Ooh. tell you it's actually a blast because they have all these different modes. It's not just a simple racing game. And they have like a, a mastery thing where you you have to earn skill points and then you unlock challenges to like race uh, Chick Hicks or Jackson Storm. Like there's mm-hmm. things that you have to do to then face bosses and unlock additional characters. So it's actually for for quite an e- like a uh, seamlessly harmful harmless game. There's quite a bit a bit of content to it, and they've got like a playground mode where you can just drive around and do whatever you want. You can race. There's Cup Series. Uh, you can just do solo races, timed races, uh, more like Mario Kart style battle modes where they've got like Ooh. items on the on the race tracks. Like it's actually quite a fun game, and you get to be whoever you want, and you unlock different like sounds and lights for your cars, and you can be whoever you want. You can unlock the whole cast and crew from the, the cars movies from cars one through three. So, uh, you know, and my son love, he loves Mac. So I have to race as Mac most of the time. And okay. it's funny to beat, uh, <laughs> beat lightning McQueen and beat Jackson storm when you're driving as a semi truck, you know, as Mac and it's, but it, it's a lot of fun. So, uh, we've got uh, Caitlin saying, uh, Brad using his kid as an excuse. You can admit that you wanted to play it, Brad. <laughs> Ooh, it's a blast. Don't get me wrong. Highly underrated game. It's really actually, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's got quite the content variety to offer anyone. And, and I'd highly recommend if you got the game pass, download it, try it out, see what you think. Nice. Yeah. 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 And uh, Roman was asking, yes, that is a, a game pass title. It's a, it's a nice, uh, nice variety of games there. I mean, the, the Paw Patrol games are on there. You know, if you're looking for family friendly gaming, it's, uh, it's a good time. Yeah. The Paw Patrol one's really good for young ones because they've got a little bit of auto assist drive functionality. So you can just turn that on and they don't have to worry about steering as much as just kind of 
enjoying the race and learning about controls. So uh, kudos out to all those uh, family-friendly kids games. They're really thinking about ways to get younger kids accessible to to playing some fun games with their favorite characters. Yeah, I, I agree. I was going to say, you know, I think we take for granted kind of like the kids games that come out because it doesn't really appeal to us as adults, you know, not in the same sense that like, you know, the games that we're used to or the games that we're talking about in, in, in the podcast, but there's a whole team of developers that put their time and effort into these games and they have to realize that parents are going to be playing these games too. So I really appreciate that when a game kind of, has both sides of that story uh, or both sides of that, those settings, right. In a game, you know, and I read a story recently um, about, you know, the silliness factor, you know, the silliness switch that games used to have that, that they're just kind of missing, right? Like big head mode in GoldenEye was such an amazing, just funny, random thing that you could get. <laughs> Shout out to NFL Blitz that had like the big heads or the skull heads or oh, they had like yeah. the, 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 the raid in the raid in cheat mode or like, you know, uh, big bodies or, you know, like you're right, Bruno. There's those an element fun. that's those were it, it made that even more fun because you make a tackle and all you see is a big head rolling on the ground. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 always good to have those classic cheats. But uh, yeah, kind of classic gaming there uh, in the cards and some family gaming, too. I love it. Uh, what about you, Bruno? I have been, I have been racing around as well. I've been, I actually got, uh, I've been, you know, playing a little bit of Need for Speed Unbound um, and Forza Horizon 5, but I decided to check out Grid again. I was like, you know, maybe I misjudged it, uh, you know, on my wheel and I wasn't, you know, maybe they've updated it. Sure enough, they did. They added incredible wheel support to the game and it feels like a different game now with the wheel. It feels like it was meant for this wheel. I can, you know, I can feel the feedback like I'm supposed to. And that just like, you know, gave juice, you know, into this. It gave life right into this game that I had considered dead. You know, I played a good bit of it, but it just wasn't really it didn't have the right feel in my opinion. So I'm really excited to get back into grid on the sim rig. It's been a lot of fun. Um, and I'm actually going to be ordering a little part here soon, a converter that allows me to play any game on any console with the sim rig. Uh, so things like Mario Kart and grand theft auto will now be able to be played on the uh on the wheel and pedals which i think is just going to be a lot of fun like switching from driving around in grand theft auto to like quickly grabbing the controller to get out and switching on <laughs> that's what i'm waiting for so and then of course i want to try and drift around in mario kart throw some shells with the uh with the wheel i mean yeah. I, if i can experience it like an arcade game that that to me just is is totally worth it. So oh, uh, I'm excited for that. But Nick, mm -hmm. I got to tell you, in order to download Grid, I had to uninstall a game. Really? Yeah. Oh, what'd you uninstall? Unfortunately, I had to give Halo the boot. Oh my gosh. You yep. uninstalled Halo Infinite? Yep. Yep. That and had we're to be get a very somber moment. It was. It was. Wow. It was very... I I have a I have a sad song somewhere. Okay. I don't know. I, I mean, don't think there's a song that can possibly encapsulate that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this one. <laughs> things you thought you'd never say. Yeah, right. I know we're gonna get into it, Nick, but I know you probably yeah. got a segue for us. Hit it. <laughs> of course I do. Well, thank you for doing that, Bruno. Yeah, before we get into the big story, I'll tell you what's not a sad moment. That is the nonstop fun and action that you get over at our friends at Winner Winner Live Arcade. They're the official sponsor of the QTB Network. And guys, if you haven't already, let me tell, let me tell you about this live trivia, okay? The live trivia is, it's, it's never been more fun. They've got all sorts of different topics and, and uh, themes throughout the, uh, the different days, multiple sessions per week. And all you have to do is answer all 12 of their questions 
uh, of the live host that's hosting the trivia session, and you can win that 50000 ticket jackpot to spend. Oh, yeah, Brad's got it right there. Look at him scroll. Look at that. Brad is our, uh, our model here showing off all the amazing games right there. Those are the mobile games you can play uh, to win tickets. He's going to the reward center right now, okay? And then he can, he can get himself a cool prize. It, I mean, there's all sorts of prizes there in the reward center, so check it out. And yeah, guys, I am one of the hosts there. I'm going to be hosting live trivia tomorrow at uh, 8 p.m. Eastern, so make sure to check it out there. Uh, if you want to download it, the, the best way to do so is through the link in our bio there on TikTok. Just go up to the top left, go to that beacons.ai.link, um, rather link, and you will find the link there to download the winner winner live arcade. And if you want to recharge your tokens to play their amazing mobile and claw machines, uh, make sure to use promo code What It Do when checking out to get a, a sweet deal for 45% free bonus tokens on your next purchase. Again, the link to download Winner Winner Live Arcade is in the description. And don't forget, when you play those claw machines for the first time, your first win is free. It's on the house. You can't beat it. You can't beat it. Um, so and even if, if, if you can't beat it, then it's free. <laughs> Because <laughs> you didn't beat it. <laughs> I love it. So check it out. And again, thank you so much to our friends over at Winner Winner Live Arcade. Those trivia sessions are so much fun. I'm writing the gaming themed questions. Um, and it's, you know, it's been testing my knowledge of, uh, of of gaming trivia, you know, things I think I know. I'm like, wait, do I do I really know that? Is that an actual fact? Or did I, you know, is it just uh, floating around there in the old noggin? Yeah. Oh, I, sure, I can't do the Regis Philbin voice. Make sure you like put on your thinking cap. <laughs> like to, there's no phone in the friend. There's only like five seconds for you to answer the question. They put so a you can barely on it. Google, Google yeah, it. That's true. You know, we, don't want, yeah. we don't want you Googling it. That's so, right. No Googling. I mean. All right. Well, one thing we did have to Google was our big story here, and that is from, uh, it's called the Bell of Lost Souls. I thought this was an interesting uh, news source because I think it gave a really good uh, uh, recap of everything that's happened in the in the Halo universe here in terms of uh, uh, fandom in the last week. And this article talking about how, um, the, I think the title says it all, uh, conflicting news reports of Halo's future is giving fans whiplash. Um, essentially, to kind of recap what's been happening is, first of all, a lot of layoffs have been happening in the, in the gaming industry and kind of in the tech space in general. Google, Microsoft, you name it. Um, just a lot of cuts across the board. And of course, uh, that Microsoft was not immune to that over, over 10,000 people, um, ended up, you know, losing their jobs, very serious situation. And of course, um, you know, uh, the issue of course, is that it's not just that because there were some departures that happened as a result of those layoffs that, that were uh, halo specific from, of course, three, four, three industries that produces halo games. Um, you know, there has been a lot of back and forth with uh, dialogue, leaks, insider information, and even official statements regarding the future of Halo. Um, I think we, we uh, and anyone that's been listening to this podcast long-term knows that, you know, the game is in turmoil, and as fans of the Halo uh, franchise, um, we are very much uh, unhappy with the direction that the game has gone in with very little content to show. And one of the new things that came out, you know, Bruno, you had, you had linked this to us before, you were the first on the scene with this story, which was that, uh, essentially, you know, the the DLC that was supposed to be in the works for the single player campaign and often was a scapegoat for the reason why multiplayer content wasn't being produced at a fast enough pace to satiate fans. Apparently, it was never a thing that curtain was lifted. And they are basically saying, yeah, that's that was never in the in the on the roadmap, which is an outright lie. I mean, when you first when you first read that story, you had said you, you were literally just like you were speechless. Like you had flabbergasted. You, you, that was that's the word. crazy. Yeah, seriously. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, because I think that's all been in the back of our minds, right? Like, I think we've, can, we've can all, we, can we just give everyone a heads up? This is going to be Bruno's 15 minute rant session. <laughs> He's I'm been saving try, up for this one. I'm going to try. I'm going to try. I thought you were going to kick it to me first just so I could get my two words in, but <laughs> go ahead, Bruno. We got the red carpet out for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to pass it to you. That's a, a good idea. Brad, go first. <laughs> But no, I, I do want to say, listen, I, 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 I think that we've all had in the back of our minds that there was going to be some, some DLC content for the campaign, for the story mode that kind of let us, you know, they, they, they led us to believe that with the marketing surrounding Halo Infinite, the title of Halo Infinite, and then the fact that this was supposed to be a 10 year game. So Brad... With that said, having, you know, come to terms with a fa the fact that the multiplayer is not where we want it, 
were you hoping for some some better DLC, DLC down the road? Because you and I both enjoyed the campaign. You know, I, yeah. I mean, I think I was hoping for the co-op campaign mode. I mean, I think I was really hedging my bets for that because I knew you and I would easily pick that up and replay that or play through something that maybe is an extended story that would have a co-op aspect to it. I think the the campaign was fun. I loved the fact that we could traverse a bit more. You could choose to go on foot and and with your augments and skill upgrades, you could scale hills and really feel like you were had a little bit more open world concept, but still the fact that there was no replayability for certain levels, the fact that there were certain parts of the map of the world that you couldn't go to. I mean, the fact that there's nothing else for us to do and there's nothing else in the pipeline for the campaign, for extended storylines, DLC, co-op, anything. I mean, you want, I mean, this just feels like a complete mismanagement of resources at 343. Like, how do you not have anyone to like, where are the deadlines? Where are the progress updates? What, what was, what was in this infinite, this 10 year game development timeline? What was missed? Like what was advertised and then what was missed? Because it, honestly, to me, it feels like we're not going to get anything else. What you're playing is what you got, and and yep. it and it's it is what it is. And and I don't know where we go from here. I I mean, I'm not trying to be too too pessimistic with this, but I mean, you know, I joked several episodes ago that this was Halo Finite, not Infinite, yeah. because it it is what it is, and this is what you're getting. So, um, you know, I really don't know. Uh, what the future holds for this. I mean, the fact that you uninstalled it, Bruno, I'm going to kick it to you. If it's just sitting, eating up space, I, I'm with you. I got limited space on my my console. I need to devote it to games that I'm actually going to play that are actually providing me with worthwhile updates that I want to spend that precious memory on. So I'm going to kick mm-hmm. it to you. But yeah, the future to me doesn't look bright. So I really had high hopes for the game. And I will say that Halo Infinite for what it is, is actually a really good game. Like it's, it had this come out 10 years ago, it would have been the best game of, of the decade. I would, I would say, but now that we've, we've kind of pushed gaming further, I think the, the finish line was moved for halo infinite. And I think that that's really been the problem with achieving their goals is that the goals have been shifted. And I think the goals shifted, not because the gaming landscape necessarily changed, but the vision for halo changed and what they wanted to bring to people in in terms of uh, an extended universe beyond just the game. You know, there's a cookbook, there's a, um, you know, there's a TV show, like obviously resources were spent and time was spent on things other than the game to go with the food analogy there, Bruno, you can't have, you can't have the the asparagus. You can't have the potatoes. You can't have the ambrosia salad if you don't have the steak. Okay. (laughs) That's all I'm saying. If you know, you know, if you know, you know, so (laughs) if you can't deliver a nice medium, medium rare steak, then it doesn't matter if you've got all the size in the world because everyone's coming to the table for the steak. That's all. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. You know, it, it's something that I think that when we look back and this is really where, what it comes down to, there's, I, I follow a couple YouTubers that talk about the matter and there are some that are hopelessly uh, optimistic about Halo's future. And then there are some that are, you know, very pessimistic about it. And some that just, you know, accept it for what it is, you know, like, like I've done. I, I think for me, the exciting news that I heard was that Halo or that 343 was no longer going to be developing the game, but they were going to be publishing the game, essentially kind of lending their resources and knowledge to the, to the matter and that other studios were going to take care of the development. And then there was a post from the head of the studio that basically said, we're halo and master chief are here to stay and we're going to keep developing it. And that didn't seem like a win to me. It seemed kind of like, uh, I don't care what you guys say. We're going to keep doing it. And if that means running it into the ground, that mean then, then so be it. I think that, it's a real shame that 
all the news surrounding Microsoft laying off 10,000 people. And then um, Halo essentially, you know, kind of flip-flopping their stance in terms of everything. To me, it seems like it's a very dead in the water situation. And I think that they're just going to keep digging their heels in and saying that, oh yeah, it's, it's just going to take this. It's just going to take that. Right. And I think they're relying on the community to do the heavy lifting. And I think that the saving grace for halo is going to be the battle Royale mode that they're supposedly working on. Now, I, at this point, have to take it with a grain of salt, guys, because if if we've been expecting this DLC for all this time and they've been like, no, maybe they did switch gears. Maybe that's the, that's the whole point behind this. What do you think, Nick? Do you think that that's a possibility in terms of what we're being presented here and that maybe down the line we're going to see a battle royale mode, which is supposedly being worked on by a different studio? Right. Yeah, that that there was a kind of soft confirmation there throughout the, all this this chaos in the last week with the news, the news just kind of floating around that there's supposed to be another un, unannounced game. But you have to figure it's the Battle Royale at this point. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, you know, I, it's it's just a weird time to be uh, a Halo fan um, and to see such a such an underwhelming, uh, underwhelming result. Right. With this game. Do we, and do to, we think do we think Battle Royale really fits Halo? Like I, I, that's an honest question. Like I'm thinking about it as we're sitting here talking about this. Oh yeah. Does I, I, we've seen several mm-hmm. games try to adopt the battle royale style, and some do it better than others. And I'm just thinking about the storyline and the and and the lore of Halo with Master Chief. I just don't understand like having hundred Master Chiefs in a round going after one another, right? I, I just don't. I don't know if it jives. Like, do, do you feel like it's a good marriage between? uh you know gameplay style and content or like lore yeah, yeah. i mean I, I think it makes sense i i, yeah, I think i think sure. in the context and you don't have to do it exactly the way that everyone else is doing it with the same the same rules and tropes that come with a battle royale there's a way to do it your way um yeah. and i think you know I, I think one of the best critiques of the halo franchise so far is that halo lost their way when it stopped being a party game which was the vision of the original creator of Halo. Mm. And it Amen. tried too hard to lean into being an eSport, right? The beauty of Halo in its prime, right, is you getting in a warthog with your Bing buddies bong. and being ridiculously overpowered against anybody, poor souls that are spawning in with an, you know, with an AR and a pistol and, and no idea how to use it, right? You got yeah. no chance against a warthog turret, sorry. Um, that's, that is Halo at its best. Halo is best when it is unfair. And so, you know, to try and lean into this, you know, we're adding in all the other things that other, other FPSs are doing. Of course you add in the sprint. Of course you add in some of the loadout customization, that kind of thing. That's fine. But you see what's happened when Halo has been pushed to its limit of trying to be like everybody else. They've got the battle pass. They didn't do it well. They've got the, 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 the item shop. They did not do that well, you know, but they're trying to mimic everything else every step of the way, and they're failing spectacularly. I think a battle yeah. royale gives us a chance because a battle royale is inherently unfair. When you spawn in, you have to hope you find the right weaponry. And when you spawn into a Halo map, you better hope that you find the Warthog. You better hope you find the rocket launcher because you're going to have an advantage over the poor chap that just found a uh, a plasma pistol. You understand? Yeah. Like it's there. There's a lot you of know, yeah. I see what you're saying, Nick. I think uh-huh. if I could drop in with a squad, if we could drop in as QTB and go find yeah. a Warthog and just start driving around yeah. and and lay beep, lay beep. in some. You know, I mean, exactly. I think yeah. I think you're you're on to something there. But again, it's it's part idea and it's mostly execution. And I think mm-hmm. your other comment, what you said, is that so far execution through the mimicry of other things has not gone well. No. And so I'm with Bruno. I'm losing confidence in believing that the execution is going to come through at a at a strong rate. And and I think that's when you lose confidence in a developer. That's that's hard. It's hard to get that back, right? It, you yeah. you need you need an absolute home run to kind of shift mm. the narrative back in your favor. Not only and, do you need a home run, you've got to restore the fans' confidence in the franchise. Mm. What yeah. really irked me the most about the last week or so is that all this news has come out about oh, three four three isn't going to be making the next Halo game, right? They're only going to have like you know a certain level of oversight, but they won't actually be doing that. And then then they come out with that statement. The statement really bothers me because the statement is like two sentences 
I've never seen a, a press release from a company that was so insultingly succinct. Yeah. I've never used those two words before in conjunction. Today <laughs> has been a vocabulary sir. day. You're welcome, Caitlin. Caitlin's been complimenting my vocabulary. Look because, at that. listen, you know, it, it's you've got to get the fans excited and you've got to restore. Down. Yeah. <laughs> spread that on a cracker. You've got to <laughs> you've got to restore the fans confidence in the franchise. And the way that you do that is by putting out a press release that says, hey, we hear your concerns. We need to do better. We can be better. And here's how we're going to do it. Instead, they came out with, uh, guys, you may have heard some news. We're still making Halo games. Bye. And that was it. And it's just like, hello, how tone deaf can you be? They've People are so, this oh, oh, so but, but Nick, I'm going to I'm going to play devil's advocate with you right here. I think they were going off the I, we need to say something instead of nothing before the story unravels anymore. We're going to try to shift and control the narrative a bit back in our court. And without knowing exactly what they were, are going to do, they obviously <laughs> don't have a full fledged plan. We do yeah. say, hey, Halo Master Chief's not going away. We're going to be behind the wheel. No pun intended. But we don't know where we're driving yet. That's basically yeah. what I took away from it is that, you know, it's an open road. We just don't know how to pave the de- pave the way to the destination, and at least mm-hmm. putting something out there instead of us sitting here saying, "Hey, we haven't heard anything from them yet, right? What's what's mm-hmm. the scuttlebutt? What's going on?" Because then all of a sudden, more and more rumors start popping up, more and more speculation starts getting put out there in the media, and then all of a sudden, now it's 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 just a it's a blazing fire that you can't put out. So yeah. it, there's two sides to looking at that, right? I mean, yeah. was what was I satisfied with the with the the press release? N- no, but. You know, you have to think about there. There's definite two. There's two ways to look at it. Yeah, definitely. Well, I tell you one thing. There's uh, there's a a quote that I, I really like. Wayne Gretzky's father told him, "You gotta go where the puck is gonna be, and not where the puck is." And I think that that is something that I've tried to put forth through business and ideas and whatnot. And I think that that's incredibly important for three, four, three moving on halo four was going where the puck was. It was emulating call of duty. Halo five tried to rein that back in and go where the puck was, which is esports. and halo infinite is, was trying to do the same thing with the live service, all of which were poorly executed, you know, at a certain point, you know, I, I feel like how many times are you going to drop the ball? How many kicks are you going to miss talking to you, mayor? Okay. Of the <laughs> Cowboys. Cowboys. Uh-oh. Okay. Oh, I, my he God. missed like six of eight before he finally kicked a, kicked a, a 15 yarder which right. is less than a standard field goal, okay? Yeah. So that's the point. My point is how many times can can that happen before someone says it can't happen anymore? Mm-hmm. We need to fix this. And is this that moment? I hope so. I hope yeah. so. Uh, well said. You know, it, it's a it's a a very interesting, I think, discourse that's taken place over the la- of the last week or so between Halo fans and just the the back and forth keeps going. The news keeps breaking, um, and uh, we got in our sports analogy, so I think we're pretty much good to go on this story. Uh, but one story I got to tell you about is the story about you know we talk about uh, you know uh, games like Halo and and needing a, a you know a competitive edge. Well, if you want to get your competitive edge. Check out advanced.gg, guys. Advanced.gg offers powders, supplements. Brad was ready to go. And even canned drinks like Brad is holding right now with the first ever clinically proven ingredients that improve mental performance when gaming, guys. The best part is the energy blend in these products. They offer up to six hours of energy and focus with no crash, no fillers, no chalky aftertaste. And it is clinically proven to enhance your decision-making and focus your gaming skills so that you can also e-sports, okay? I'm pretty sure that's a verb. Uh, no proprietary blends and hide the ingredients, guys. What Brad's holding right there, it is all on the label right there for you. They're not going to hide anything from you. And a delicious flavors. What, 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 what flavor you got there, Brad? <laughs> he wasn't ready. Elect- ele- electric Frostberry right there. Oh, is it tasty, Brad? 
It's delicious. This is one of, I was telling my wife, we both have tried these. It's, it, it, it tastes like juice. It tastes like something you'd start every morning off with. It doesn't taste like a, a supplement, and energy drink. Insanely fresh, slightly carbonated. You can't beat it. You got to check it. You got to check them out. Oh, yeah. You know, my favorite flavor is that strawberry lemonade, but to each their own, that's the beauty. Lots of flavors to choose from. Use promo code QTB when checking out at advanced.gg and save 10% off your order. May 2023, the year that you secure the dub with advanced.gg. Thanks, as always. Amazing partners there uh, and uh, quality products. Caitlin's uh, order is uh, on the way, I'm being told. Winner, winner asking, what's the best flavor? Honestly, you can't go wrong. Like, they're all really good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there's so many they offer in the powder form. They've got a couple in the can form already. There's so much variety. I don't think you can go wrong. I mean, everything that I've tried, everything tastes incredible. That's what's and it's all natural. So it, it feels like I'm just supplementing my my day. I get a great natural rise in energy. I'm focused. You know, it's a great way to start your day. Or yeah. when you're setting up for a long stream like Nick, because we got great little fans <laughs> who extend the stream. Advanced GGs coming in clutch to help us pick up the dubs. I do bunker oh down. Oh my god! I do bunker down. I do get started my uh, each stream with uh, with some advanced.gg good stuff. Thank you again, again uh, promo code QTB there at advanced.gg uh, to save ten percent site wide, guys. And uh, you know you, you want to talk about uh, one thing that that might you, we're, we're saying advanced.gg won't let you down. I'll tell you one thing that can let you down: PS5 exclusives. I'm gonna, oh. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna be that guy. I'm gonna be that guy because the next story is coming from uh, over at ggrecon.com. This article is saying, uh, you know, uh, talking about the kind of the overall reactions to Forspoken. Um, specifically, the article says, stop blaming Forspoken's protagonists for the game's failure. And essentially what they're what they're getting at here, as for those of you that may not know, Forspoken was released this week on uh, PS5 and PC as a timed, I think, two-year exclusivity agreement. Um, and, you know, this game has been uh, I'll tell you why, it's a good thing, too. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, they, they can keep it. They can keep it because, you know, this is here's the situation, right? You know, Square Enix, they, they, they've been kind of missing lately. And I'm not talking just in the video game space, but the one big miss was uh, Marvel's Avengers. The news did come through very swiftly that not only was the game service getting shut down, um, but that uh, it was going to be delisted and like there was not going to be like very rapid uh, move. Usually they give you a, a, a much uh, quicker heads up or a longer longer term heads up being like, OK, well, you know, three, four months out. Like, no, we're delisting this thing now and the servers go offline, you know, in like March or like September, I think, of, of this year, some, sometime in the future. Decent game, just poorly executed. And this is another example of, you know, non-Final Fantasy titles from Square Enix completely missing the mark. I, I will tell you this, guys, if if Final Fantasy 15 is not a massive success for Square, I think we could be looking at Square as we know it not existing um, in another five years or so because... You know, here's the issue is that even if you look at these games, this this game Forspoken, um, which is an open world kind of, uh, you know, a kid in King Arthur's court type situation where, you know, um, this this protagonist is, uh, you know, thrust into this uh, this world she's not familiar with and uh, have, ends up getting magic powers through this bracelet. And, you know, it, it's that sounds like it's, scale bound. I, you know, it, there, there are some similarities there, aren't there? And yeah, I'm, I'm sure you can speak more to that. supposed to be right. Yeah. Like this mm -hmm. is never launched, but. The, the game is right now getting very mediocre reviews right there in about the mid to low 60s, which, you know, it, it's the problem with uh, with gaming these days is that these big budget studios, their bonuses and then sometimes their jobs are very much tied to the Metacritic score. It is very important. If you want to get that bonus, you got to be in the 90s. If you want if you want your job next year, it better be in the 80s. So when a triple A studio comes out, especially an exclusive where a lot of money was spent and there was a lot of crunch, this game came out in four years, which the, this day for a big budget triple A game is actually a pretty short span of time. Um, and, you know, I, I, Bruno, you had linked to a video there on YouTube kind of talking about the uh, the shortcomings of this. Um, what what did you see so far with the game? And uh, do you think it's a it's a concerning sign for the state of exclusives and, and Square Enix in general? You know, I, I, I mentioned that I feel like Sony, uh, Sony touts a lot of their their exclusives, but it you for every one good exclusive they have, there's at least two bad ones that really should be swept underneath the rug and forgotten about. And this, like, I, I think this is another one of those, like, I, th I think it's another going where the puck 
is in, instead of where it's going to be moment. You know, if this game had came had come out four years ago, it would be it wouldn't be receiving the the amount of backlash that it is because it looks like it was developed four or five years ago. It looks like a last gen game. It doesn't look like um, it does. There's no mo motion captured uh, facial animations or anything like that. So the the syncing of what's being said versus the dialogue is extremely off. And especially in this day and age where like that's become the standard for a triple a game, that's unacceptable. And that's part of, you know, something that we really stress at quit the build is, is our branding, right? Making sure that our, our look is professional, you know, in terms of the quality of products that we give you and what we, what we have on stream, even though it's just a small team of us, you know, you can do more, right? You can hold yourself to a high standard and say, Hey, this is the industry standard. We cannot, you know, we can't skip this. We can't overlook this, this detail because it'll be scrutinized. It will, it'll be, it'll be picked apart as it's being now. And I think that that's part of the problem with crunch, right? That's part of the problem with trying to force these studios to, to go down this path because the game for all intents and purposes looks pretty cool. It looks pretty, you know, pretty fun. But when you've got games like Elden Ring and God of War coming out that are, are so, you know, far advanced in terms of uh, this current generation, the next gen, you know, uh, exclusives that, that are, that are out. This pales in comparison. And I yep. think that that's the standard that it's being um, held to. And I think that we're in this really weird position with games where I, I think that developers want to move forward, but they're being held back yep. by previous gens of console. Brad, do you think that there's, you know, there's hope for these types of games moving forward? You know, I think this two year uh, exclusive deal might be enough to help fix the game and fix the problems. So when it finally does release on Xbox, you know, we've got a, we've got a decent product, right? Yeah. You know, I'm going to kind of look at it a different way, right? We talk about, you know, so many games being put out and we've talked on previous podcast episodes about what is the right strategy to, for time and development marketing and launch and like overall, like, general reception like do we do you come out with a fully baked game do you come out with something that offers something to start and then you have you know the kind of a beta release with future future you know dlcs things like that you know to me it all ties back to the structure of the developing company right you know shout out to our our qtb legends interviews to with don traeger and others you talk about these legends in the industry who at one point were doing this work and developing and leading teams that had a collective vision on what you were aiming to do. I'm wondering if there's so much now with stakeholder, you know, dividends and performance, as Nick said, like hitting a Metacritic score for your bonus or hitting a Metacritic score to keep your job. You wonder if all these external factors are just in some way um, really eliminating a lot of that innovation and creativity and that collective vision and delivering a high quality product. Because now you're worried about hitting metrics. You're worried about hitting targets. You're worried about making sure you're keeping your job. And I, I know if I felt that much pressure, would I be able to create something that that's, that, that it's my best product? Probably not. And so you got to wonder, you know, what's, what's the environment like for these developers and these companies that are aiming to put out these games when really, there's so much on the line with each release and maybe these smaller ones these smaller companies in particular don't have the liquidity to have to have a flop if it goes under then it's kind of the end of the, the road so I, i'm really trying to think about the quality and, and and the environment that these developers are put in year in and year out to put out these games and and wondering you know are we in an environment now where there's so much demand and so much critique by by gamers and by the industry and by other people that it's almost creating this like no win environment. Yeah. You know, it's, I, I, I said this before and I'll say it again. Square Enix is not doing great right now. Like, you know, I, they've got a couple decent titles, you know, Outriders came and went 
No one's talking about that anymore. That was supposed to be a big live service title. You know, they had the, uh, was a Babylon's fall there on the PS5. The servers went down on that, um, you know, and now we're looking at Marvel's Avengers going down. And now, you know, as, as a publisher rather, you know, which, which is what Square Enix is, it's still, it's very, very concerning because like I said, you look at the, at the current AAA landscape, right? Final Fantasy is what Square Enix is best known for. And just like everyone else, it went from a yearly release to a, you know, every two years to every five years. And it's been like, what, like 10 years since Final Fantasy uh, 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 14 rather came out and uh, 13. I'm sorry, 15, uh, 16 is the next game in in the sequence. That's right. 15 was the last one to come out. It's been about, I think, like eight plus years. It's tough to keep up with. Okay, (laughs) announcer guy, it's tough to keep up with. Um, But, you know, it's. A lot is riding on the success of it. It does look good. Um, you know, Stranger of Paradise came out, and that's a decent. You know, it, it's it's getting interesting reviews, but it's 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 not a you know a mainline Final Fantasy title by any stretch of the imagination. So, you know, I, I think that, and I, I will say this as well. You know, the NFT concept, and it will be looked at as a fad because uh, these companies went about trying to implement it the wrong way while it was very much in the in the public discourse and they're they're going the crypto route as well. They are still doubling down on that stuff, y'all. Like it's it's everyone else, even Ubisoft, when Ubisoft backs out of NFTs and you haven't, there is a there is a big big problem. So what I'm saying is, you know, we have to be super careful about um, you know, these companies that seem to be just losing their way as like we were just talking about before with 343 where you really can't trust them to take the reins with games. And, you know, these days I'm a lot more skeptical of a game that has Square Enix on the title. You know, it's it's a lot was promised with Forspoken. Um, and, you know, there I, there was a, definitely some red flags. And you always know this in the in the game media industry when the embargo is lifted and like no reviews have been published yet. And it's like where it's like that John Travolta meme of looking around like and like just like what, 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 what how's the game? Um, well, it's, uh, and, it's a problem. And, and, and to, and to kind of support you on that, Nick, you know, we got to yeah. hold games equally in terms of how we assess them. Right. You know, the, the article we referenced from G, uh, was it, uh, what's the source? Uh, is it, uh, that's going to be GG uh, recon? recon. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it brings up a really great point about blaming the pro- stop blaming the protagonist for the game's mis- miscues, right? I, th- I think a lot of times we get caught up in trying to find scapegoats for for a game's uh, uh, underwhelming performance or or complete failure, and and so we need to make sure that we're really critiquing and looking at games uh, in, in the right and consistently, right, and not and not you know pushing pushing undertones or other other social contexts on games that really that's not the reason that they're struggling. You know, Bruno mm-hmm. highlighted there's, there's graphics issues. It looks like a previous gen gen previous gen game. I mean, there's just yeah. a lot with this that is from a foundational development standpoint. That's really the part of the root problem. It has nothing to do with their character or protagonist development. Cause there's several well, games that have a yeah. wide variety of protagonists that are successful. You can't, you can't pin a game's failure on a protagonist. Like that's, that's, that's not cool. Yeah, well, yeah. and look at Link, right? I mean, Link from Legend of Zelda hasn't, you know, said but two things his entire life. Huh? And what? <laughs> like, that's it. <laughs> Grunts and sounds. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, so, like, <laughs> he has no personality whatsoever. He is literally a blank canvas. Uh, so you're, you're, you're 100% right, Brad. I think uh, when, you know, and this goes back to the, you know, to the, you know, to the Halo thing. When you call yourself a live service game, Right. You there's certain expectations, um, you know, and, and you're the competition, you know, in, in terms of what's been out since Halo's been out. You know what? What has Apex done in the same time? What has Fortnite done in the same time that Halo has been out? What has uh, Call of Duty Warzone done in the same time that Halo's been out? You look at that and you look at something like this compared to. Elden Ring compared to Bayonetta, anything else that it is, it's equal, right? You've got to compare them. Like Brad said, you've, if, if you're going to, if you're going to live by your exclusives, you got to die by them too, right? You can't just chuck that one away and be like, yeah, well, you know, wasn't Mm -hmm. that great because obviously, you know, there's a problem here in terms of putting out these games and having something that is, you know, uh, a good game that's fun to play. And with games like Hogwarts legacy coming up, 
I am praying that that is a good game. Please, please be good. Like, I don't think any Harry Potter fan wants to wants to see that game fail. Like, I right. want it to be fun. And maybe the fact Matt- that it's a single player experience and there's no online, maybe that will add to it and make it, you know, the Elden Ring, right? Of of Harry Potter games, right? <laughs> Sing, it just yeah. you're right. Think about how disappointed our all Marvel fans were with with the Avengers game getting pulled and it being a, yeah. a complete flop. Like yeah. I had such high hopes for that game, and even mm-hmm. Guardians. I mean, it's done a little bit better, but like it just overall those those massive titles. That's a crossover with such a storied franchise. You hope that they're great. You want them to be great. And, and, and you're right, Bruno. We but we have to at the end of the day. We need an equal critique system. We can't be scapegoating games or warehousing ones on the books just because it was like, well, eh, that didn't go as what we thought, and and it's whatever, right? Mm-hmm. You gotta, you gotta, yeah. you gotta live and 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 critique consistently. Yeah, and I did to that point, Brad. You know, twenty twenty three needs to be the year of Xbox, right? Because so many of those first party yeah. exclusives were delayed. So we have to apply the same lens to to all platforms. And if you know these games come out when if if, if uh. Uh, was it Star Star not Star Citizen? How what, what's the name of their game? Oh my Starfield? gosh, that's Starfield. Yeah, there's so many stars. So we're, yeah, um, we're you know, find if that out comes tomorrow. out, if that yeah, if that comes out, yeah, during the uh, the developer event happening tomorrow, and it's a flop. Um, you know, you know how Bethesda is with open world games. If um, Redfall comes out, yeah, that's been hyped for a long time, and that underwhelms. You know, that's that's a bad sign for the first party side of Game Pass, and and what that means for games that are de- specifically developed to be released day one on Game Pass. What that's going to look like for us going forward, because you know, and I think we've got a, yeah. a much bigger problem than if if we're seeing um, failures across across the industry, not just single single console, single platform. I mean, then, then we got to do a health check on the on the industry, right? There, there's something yeah. going on here that is is becoming more systemic about, you know, that's hedging yeah. game development. There's something bigger going on. So you're sure. right. This is a pivotal. This is a pivotal year, not just for Xbox, but for gaming in general. Yep. You know, I think I think mm-hmm. we we've, we've we've lived in a golden decade or two of just game innov- innovation and rollout. You wonder if there's kind of a uh, natural diminishing means of returns when it comes to technological advances and and just throughput. At what point do you kind of hit a ceiling, and are are yeah. we getting there? Yeah, well, speaking of health checks, uh, definitely want to go to an audience check here because we've had some really good uh, comments here from our viewers while we've been talking about this story. Uh, first of all, uh, uh, Mads there saying, I'd rather wait uh, eight years for a finished excellent game than a year or two for a not good one. Yeah, I mean, that's that's that that is the case. It's just the problem now is that we've hit that that point of diminishing returns with the amount of work you see how much work was undoubtedly put into Forspoken, and people are still critiquing oh it's another open world where it's like here's a little hub with some things and then a bunch of nothing and then here's some hub with some things and there's nothing in between it doesn't feel open it feels rushed and the graphics are underwhelming as well like you were talking about bruno with the with the motion capture or lack thereof um but also um a great comment here uh from cyber mist saying they're pushing games out way too fast and not really listening to the gamers. And it's just tough. Like, you know, it, it really is the time for indie studios to shine because it's, it takes so long to make a AAA game and there's so much crunch and you have to really feel for the people that are putting their heart and soul into their portion of the game only to see the overall product come out underwhelming because it, it directly financially impacts them. Like I said, many of these companies are tying bonuses to Metacritic scores. They want to see it in the 90s. So when you're, when you're, your passion um is resulting in something in the mid 60s uh, that that's got to be it's got to be a little bit uh painful right i mean it's yeah. it's uh it's just tough to see well and and think about this too right i think about you know some of the games i've been playing recently and uh, the games that i've talked about in the past you know games that are still going strong right now are not ga- current gen games apex legends uh war well i guess you could argue warzone 2 is but uh fortnite um and then things like you know especially in the racing community i racing is from like you know is still being talked about assetto course is still being talked about and those games are from the mid 2000s like 2008 2015 i think respectively mm. so th- that's incredible to me that we're playing these almost decade if not longer older games because they were produced well because they weren't bound by whatever it was right like 
reviews or it gets back to everything about the industry reviews critiques time of game development versus console life right we talk about you know the 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 cycles of console life and what's coming next is there going to be a switch pro What's next for Xbox? How long is the Series X and S going to last? PS5s had major pitfalls in them having supply and demand availability for the masses, right? You know, now you look at that, okay, well, if if the Xbox S and X is a seven-year shelf life and games are taking eight to ten years, then you're missing consoles. Like, you're missing, like, the, 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 the lag time for things is completely out of out of whack. And what happens then are you develop the game for a console that now is not going to be around, or do you have to now shift your gear and switch the console to, to a new console development? Do you purposely develop backwards for an older console? I mean, y- you wonder what developers are going through and how they establish what their what their scope is, right, for what they're making, besides just the content of the game. You, there's so much in the air right now with the industry. It's got to be tough. And it's yeah. and, and then it makes it not fun for gamers who, who are um, waiting for something exciting. You know, I, I almost give Nintendo by default a little credit because they don't push the hardware as much. They've kind of capped themselves a bit, but it also gives them room to always develop stuff at a little bit slower pace because they're not pushing themselves graphically as hard as Sony and and Microsoft. So it's a very, very turmoil-filled time for the gaming industry, and we're seeing that now with these games like Forspoken that just have a really soft launch and really don't live up to the, the expectations. I'll tell you what is an open world with lots of content that does live up to expectations, and that is the beautiful world of our Patreon page. Thank you, as always, to our amazing QTB supporters, like our Enfuego supporters at their top tier, Epic Capture Productions, Matt.Bat, Alexa, Caitlin, Josh, Court, Nene, Megan, Ashley, and our newest QTB Enfuego supporter. Welcome to the family, Andrea. Thank you so much for that. Enjoy all that exclusive merch and all the cool perks that come with that. And our QTB Bing Plus bang. supporters, yeah. Uh, Nick Nick, The Dudist Monk, Indie Gamiacs, Alan Abadessa, Mr. Grove Games, The Intergalactic Pinecone, Fluffy Bunny and Terry the Kitten. If you would like your name with a shout out each and every episode of our podcast and even your name on our website with the QTV Plus and up tier, all you have to do is go to patreon.com slash quit the build for our TikTok viewers. That link is in our profile. Just go to that beacons.ai link. Look for that Patreon, that P logo there at the top bar. Uh, guys, as little as $2 a month directly supports us. And I, I, I keep saying this, I mean it. It is by far the best way to support us. Thank you so much for your support of our uh, brand of uh, and growing brand of, of positive and inclusive gaming. It, it really does mean the world to us. And enjoy all that bonus content, the podcast. I mean, we got the we got the QTV nights on there. You get extended versions of this podcast that you don't get on Spotify. You don't get on iTunes when this goes live. Um, I give a random fun fact at the end of every episode. You're missing that. Okay. You don't, you, I'm not streaming that fun fact. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to have to, you're gonna I mean, to I'm not going to lie, Nick. We've had, we've had some, <laughs> Pretty uh, off the wall, but great, great debates on the last couple of QTB nights. I'm just saying. I mean, for Uh, those out there that you know, there was a shout out earlier in the episode to one of them. So, uh, you know, uh, you got to tune in. You got to you got to join the Patreon and you got to tune in and hear what's coming next. It's uh, it's uh, (laughs) a little bit more unscripted, unfiltered. You never know what's going to happen. And that's the beauty of of QTB nights. You know, it's if you you told me. Yeah, if you had told me there was going to be an argument with uh, grown men about uh, you know the the pros and cons of different candle out you know uh, candle companies, <laughs> candle versus candle, you can't hold a candle to that conversation, Bruno. Here's a real high class. <laughs> <laughs> begin. Oh man. And begin. That's right. That's awesome stuff. Bruno, tell them about the website. Tell them about quitthebuild.com. Oh my goodness. Well, you know what? You know what? I think we need a. Uh... Uh-oh. The website is awesome. <laughs> go to quitthebills.com. We've got all types of things. We got blogs. We got amazing content on there. We got merch. And we have a new merch page. Yes. QTBshop.com. Oh, exclusive man. merch from Shopify. We got exclusive designs on there. Yeah. We've got more things coming down the pipeline. You guys have been awesome. 
And that's why we have an awesome website for you. If there's content you want to see on there, interesting blogs you have ideas for, let us know. Let us know in the comments. Yeah. Let us know in the TikToks. We'll, we'll make all that the deep. Things. That's right. Or, or, or <laughs> join our Discord. Come and join the family on Discord and let us know what uh, you're thinking, what you're feeling. Yeah. Amazing community there on Discord. Again, the link there also in our TikTok link. Um, or just go to quitthebuild.com, scroll to the bottom of that website, and uh, you'll get the link to join our growing Discord family. Love to see it. Love to hear it. I think that's going to be about it there. So I guess we'll uh, we'll go ahead and take things out. Bruno, what do you got for him? Well, I got, I got the same type of content coming at you next week on Quit the Bill. For Nick and Brad, I'm Bruno. For Bruno and Brad, I am Nick. And for Nick and Bruno, I'm Brad. Peace out. What a deal. Quit the bill.